So we're just going to think a little bit, because the baptism is coming up, and uh, the last one we had, when was the last one we had, Isaac? When was the last baptism? Come on, come on, come on. Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> it was when you got baptised. <laughs> and that was in December, wasn't it? Was it December? Anyway, so I thought it was time to... Uh, um, I put you on the spot there, didn't I? Sorry. He couldn't remember. So I thought, so if, if anyone's sort of 10 or 11 or under, do you want to come with me? We're going to go to the back of the church for a minute. Do you want to come? Come and explore. We, there's something to explore. Come on. Look at this little... You are gorgeous, aren't you? Look at you. Holiday maker. Come on, come on then. Right. We've got something. Who's ever seen this thing at the back here? Hey, who's seen this? this. Yeah. Let the little one speak for a minute. Just let the little one speak. Good man. Well, who knows? Who? Anybody? Anybody got any ideas? What? It's very old. I think it's at least a hundred years old. Do we? Do we know what it is? Anybody got any ideas? Anybody seen one of these before? No. Oh, hello. Um, is there anything, do you think there's anything inside it? Is there anything inside? Shall we, ha- shall we have a look? Let's have a look. What do you think is in here? Any guesses? Let's have some guesses. What's inside it? An empty space? Spiders. Spiders. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Okay. It's very heavy. Uh, do you want to help? Do you want to help me lift? Come on in. Oh, have a look. Oh. Oh. Oh, what? So, okay, big voices then. So, what do we, what, what's in here? A bowl with a fish. There's a Christmas decoration. <laughs> There's a bowl with a fish. The Christianity sign. Oh, okay, the Christianity sign. Yeah, the word ichthus that some of you may have heard of, the picture that the ancient Christians would have used. What do you think this bowl is for? Okay, wait a minute, let's the little ones. You're doing well, you're doing well, you're doing well, you're doing well. Now I'll get you to give answers in a Any any small person. What you what would what would you put in a bowl? Water. Yes. So does anybody ever seen one of these being used with water? Have you ever been to a church where there was a baby? A baby? Some any adults? Yeah? Any adults maybe were held near one of these when they were a baby? Yeah, one or two hands. Okay, this is in another kind of church, a bit different to ours. They would use it for christening. Okay, christening. So there would be water in there. They'd bring a baby and they'd get some of the water and they'd sprinkle a little bit on the, on the baby's heads. Maybe they might make a, a sign like a cross on their heads. Okay? Right. Sue can put that lid back on in a minute. Let's go down the other end. There's another, there's another thing down the other end. Let's go and have a look down the other end. Let's try and work out what this one is for. Come on then. Okay. Right. So, ignore that one for a minute. This one, we got this one here. And... Uh, Okay, what? Now, yeah, I know you, uh, this time, this, this time, Miles, I will let you because 
in a minute, because you can tell us what you did at December that Isaac had forgotten. Yeah, so, yeah. No, that, sorry. <laughs> Picking on you. Okay, who knows, who knows what this is? Do you know what this one is? Anybody? Oh, yeah. Isn't this the thing where the people like, well, there was water? There was water. So this, this cover looks a bit like water. And there was people, that? yeah, can you remember? Is this like the thing where um, people get baptised? Baptised, yeah. Miles, tell us about it. What happened? What, what happened to you in December? Big voice. I got baptised. Yeah. Yeah. So your mum and dad helped you. And what did they do? Did they sprinkle a bit on your head? No, what did they do? Well, all the way under. Did you go, did you stay under the water? For a little bit. A little bit. How long? Okay, brilliant. Right, okay, now. So what's the, what's the, so... This is what we're talking. So there's a bit of sprinkling of water that's going on over here. And then we've got some water here. Now, I did ask David, who's one of the people baptised, if he could fit in here. He said, yeah, sure, he'd give it a go. So, um, but anyway, no, uh, we won't do that. But let, listen, if you come around the front, come around the front for me. That's it. That's it. I've got some things in here. I thought we'd just try a couple of things here. Right, so... Maybe let mums and dads see as well. So that's it. So what we've got here... Oh, we've got a cat. Okay. It's Gigi. Is it? All right. It's, got, it's even got a name. So that's good. So should we see what, what happens to the cat? Um, we don't baptise cats in this church. That's right. But look, we just... <laughs> there we are. Oh, it floats. Gigi floats. Floats. So there's a, we've got a floating cat. So that... Hmm, that's, I don't know whether that's going to... That's going to help us very much. What about the egg? What, what's going to happen with the egg? Is it going to float? Yeah. Are we sure? Yeah. You, yeah, you put it in then. Put it in. Let's see. Does it have a baby bird inside? No, no baby bird, I don't think. It's completely... And if we push it under, it just pops straight back up, isn't it? Okay. So look, it's like a rocket, that one. Okay. What about, okay, what about this pot? What's going to happen to the pot? It's going to flow, it's going to sink. Okay, hands up, it's going to flow. Hands up, it's going to sink. Okay, right, let's see what happens. Oh, 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 why is it sinking? Hopefully it's not like Rick's boat. It's got holes in it. It's got holes in it. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's, yeah, it's sunk. But it stays there. Okay, it sinks. What else have we got? Oh, no, we've got another egg. It's a different kind of egg. What do you think is going to happen with this egg? You think it's going to sink? Right, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah it definitely sunk. Okay. Now we've got, what have we got? We've got a hippo here. So Should we try the hippo? What's going to happen with the hippo? Sink. Sink, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they're not coming back. Um, and then finally, we've got maybe one of you or somebody from church. Okay, but I want to find, I want to find something else about that. I think it's going to, f- it floats. But the question is, are they, are they getting, is it getting soaked or not, do you think? Not, not really, is it? It's sort of, it's just floating because it's plastic. <clears throat> now, I want to show you something here. Here's a, 
a cloth. What, who thinks what's going to happen to the cloth? It's going to dissolve water. Oh! Wow, that was the word I was looking for. It's going to absorb water. Yes, everybody agree? This is an important word to remember. Absorb. Yes, absorb. Don't ask me to spell it though. Right, okay. So we're going to put that in there. Oh, can we see bubbles? So we got bubbles. So this is a bit like Miles. He went down under the water and there was a few bubbles. Okay, but, but, but. But Miles came back out of the water. So did Isaac and Isabel and, and all the others. How many others there were? <laughs> look, look at this. And it's, yeah. it's drenched. It's soaked, isn't it? And it's absorbed all the water. It, would you say that that is wet? Shall we check? That yeah, is wet. wet, yeah? You see, yeah. This, these, these ones, they just floated or they sunk to the bottom. But that is wet, isn't it? Totally soaked. Okay, right. Give these guys a round of applause. Well done. Go sit down for just a minute. I've got something else for you in just a minute. You go sit down for a minute. I've got something else in just a second. So we're thinking about baptism. The Greek word for baptism means to drench. It means to soak, to get completely wet. That's what the actual original word means. So what's the difference between christening and baptism? Now, interestingly, lots of times if you look it up, christening is also called baptism. Okay? So that can get a bit confusing for us. At christenings, you often will name a child. It'll be a naming ceremony. Yes, you'll give thanks. Um, You'll welcome them into the life of the church. All of which we would do. The same thing we would do. We often, uh, at a Thanksgiving service, we bring a child forward, we talk about their name, um, we, we pray for them as a family. What we don't believe uh, is that we can make our children into Christians. And now, what do I mean by a Christian? What is a... Don't worry about him, he's great. I love him to bits. We can't make our children into Christians. What do we mean when we say the word Christian? Someone who has taken a personal decision to follow Christ. A Christ follower. Someone who has realised that they need to be rescued from sin and from death. And someone who has put their faith, their hope, in Jesus Christ to be saved. That's what we believe a Christian is. Now there's lots of other things about a Christian. All I'm worried about is the water. I don't worry about him, but it's just the water. (laughs) So we can't make our children Christians. We pray that that's a choice one day they will make for themselves and that they will demonstrate that choice by being baptised in water. But in the meantime, what we can do is we can give thanks to God for our children, and I know Joel and Abby do, uh, and others. (laughs) We give thanks to God for our children, recognising that they are gifts from Him. And we commit ourselves as parents, and as the wider community of of the local church, as far as we are able to care for them and to bring them up in God's ways. 
Until that day, until such time as they're able to make that choice, that decision for themselves, that they commit themselves uh, to walk in God's ways. Now, for some children, they'll do that really quite young. Um, But until that time, we're asking God for help and for wisdom, and most definitely for strength. Is that true, Marie? She walks down. We pray for strength daily, yes. (laughs) That's right. Now, here's an interesting little story. I can't go into all the details. I wasn't christened as a baby, but I was immersed at six weeks old in a bath like this one. Totally immersed as a baby. Has anyone heard of that? So, at literally six weeks old, bare naked baby, right down in the water, right under and out again, and then apparently screamed. But, um, so, I used to think, certainly as a young child and then as a young teenager, that I was all done and sorted. I was all done and sorted. And then when I was 15... One day I went, I went along to a church. Mum and Dad started taking us to a, quite a different church, one a bit more like this one, although not quite the same as this one. But I heard a man speaking. And what he was speaking on made me stop. As a 15-year-old, completely arrested me. It was like no one else was in the room. And I sat there and I was mesmerised as he told a story. And the story he told was from Matthew's Gospel. Matthew chapter 3. And it's the story of Jesus. Jesus is walking along the riverbank and there's someone in the river, right in the middle of the river. Does anyone know? Perhaps a younger person. Who do you think was in the river when Jesus was walking along? Anybody know? I heard somebody saying... Dave, he's classing himself as a younger one, which is great. So that's really good. No, no. Yeah, no, no. It's cool. John the Baptist. So Jesus is walking along, and there is John the Baptist in the river. And Jesus stops. Now, John had been baptizing people with a baptism of repentance. It was turning. Baptism was understood by many, many of the Jews. It was historical. Many of them would use baptism as a picture of, of coming back again to God, of being washed, of being cleansed. Uh, and baptism for Jewish people was there. It was part of their tradition. It was there. They understood. And John the Baptist came out of the desert and he's shouting, Repent! Turn! Get ready. Turn again to your, your, your creator. Turn again to God. And it says that long lines of people were, were there. Um, but he was saying, get ready because the Messiah is coming. The chosen one, the promised one, the one that had been promised all the way down through history. John is saying, get ready. The kingdom of heaven, God's reign and rule is near. Get ready. And so people are queuing up, they're being baptised in the river, and Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect holy Son of God, comes walking along the riverbank. But what does he do? He asks John to baptise him. Now John knew who Jesus was. If you remember, some weeks ago, we were reminded at Easter, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John knew who Jesus was. He knew he was the Messiah. And Jesus came to him and he said, would you baptise me? 
And John, John is shocked. He's horrified because he knew who he was. He said, no, me baptizing? It should be the other way around, said John. It should be the other way. You should be baptizing me. And then Jesus said something very, very significant. He said, no, this is good because it fulfills all righteousness. This pleases the Father. This is the good and right thing to do. Jesus didn't need to be baptized for his sins. He was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God, the Holy One of God. But Jesus, even Jesus, was obedient to the Father. Jesus surrendered. He submitted himself to the Father. And just as the Son submits to the Father, so the Spirit also submits to the Son and the Father. They are one. They are perfect in their unity. But there is this mutual submission. And Jesus said, no, this is the right thing to do. I want to please the Father. And I remember this man talking about this, about Jesus wanting to please the Father. And I'm, there's a whole set of cogs are going around inside me, and I'm thinking, Jesus is being baptized. He doesn't need to be baptized. And yet he said, no, this is the right thing to do. And so John relented, and he took hold of Jesus, and he baptized him, plunged him into the water. And then the Bible says that as he came up out of the, of the water, the heavens opened. What did that look like? What did that look like? I don't know. But the heavens opened and something that looked like a dove, it was the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God came down out of heaven and landed on Jesus' shoulder. Amazing. And then at the same time, there was this voice that came from heaven. Remember what it said? This is my beloved Son, the Son whom I love. I am so pleased with him. And I remember being so struck by, by that, that story. Now, what I've got over here, for anyone who'd like it, I've got 10 copies. Actually, if we get to past 11, we might need to um, do some extras. Um, there's a picture here. It's a cartoon kind of picture, but anyone is welcome to come and get pens in this picture um, and, and to colour it in. But what I also want you to do is to draw... I mean, older people can do one of these. Hannah, if you're moving, you can. But what, what I'd love... It, do you remember I said there were lots of people on the riverbank? I'd like you to draw some people, but actually I'd like you to draw a picture of you as well. Like you are watching and you're... you're I know you weren't there, but you can look at it, all right? So please come and get one of these. Get some pencils, some pens. Um, help yourself. If we run out, can you do some extras? Yeah. Okay. Come on, guys, help yourself. Draw some people on there. Anybody want a picture? Come on, Alice, if you want one. Come on, you can go for it. There you go, Isaac, well done. Help yourself. What I want you to do is to draw some people in the picture. That's it, take one. You can do it down there or you can do it back at your seat, whichever you like. And we'll try and do a self-portrait as well. Do a picture of you. Actually, we might maybe running out. Don't know. I think I did eleven, <laughs> ten or eleven. <clears throat> okay. In a minute, we're just going to hear about two people who are getting ready to be baptized. So, why did Jesus do this? Why did he do it? Because it pleases the Father. He was obedient. 
to the Father. And I remember as a 15-year-old going, literally the phrase that was in my head, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. And I remember I was learning how to be a follower of Jesus and I, I had never taken that personal choice decision myself. And so, in fact, that evening I was baptised as a 15-year-old in, in a... It wasn't a baptistry above ground like this one. It was one that was in a stage and it was freezing cold. I remember that. But probably not as cold as the sea's going to be um, on Friday. There's lots of things we could say about baptism. Many of you will have heard them over the years, even at your own baptisms. I often use the word B, use the letter B, new birth, being born again. And that is a picture, as we go down into this water, is a picture of being born again. There is a picture of birth. Because nobody gets left under the water, they do come out. And that is very, very important. Because another B that I often use is the word burial. It is a burial. It's a picture of a burial. Greg said something wonderful the other week with uh, Jonas. Jonas is... uh, uh, baptism down at Cows Green. It's great to have Jonas here. This is the young man. Stand up, Jonas. This is the young man who got baptised. <laughs> Half the church don't even know who, who you are. So. He's the man who used to look like Jesus, but he's had his hair cut. So. <laughs> uh, it's great to have you with us. But uh, why, why did I even say that? Oh, because... Because Greg sent you a text that day, didn't he? He said, you do know you're going to die and be buried, but it's okay, you're going to rise again. Um, And that is another thing. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 to 5. I love the way the Apostle Paul speaks to us as his people at times. Have you forgotten? (laughs) Have you forgotten? Some of us maybe have forgotten. Our baptisms, for some of us, was a long time ago. Um, I was not 15 yesterday, sadly, but it was a long... He says, have you forgotten when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, you were joined with him in his death? You were joined with Christ Jesus in his baptism. (coughs) Excuse me. You were joined with him in his death. For we died, this is Romans 6, and were buried with Christ by baptism And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, we now may also live new lives. Hallelujah. So we've been buried with Christ, but we've also been raised with him in that same power. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. The moment you become a Christian, your life is linked with Jesus. Linked with Jesus. You are immersed into him. It's not that you just get a little touch and, oh, maybe there's a drip of something, uh, you know, or even, actually, there was a time once when I touched something, but now there's no sense. No, I'm absolutely immersed. I'm drenched. I've been buried with Christ, and I've also been raised with him. And I'm soaked in him. I'm joined with him. Christ is in me, the hope of glory, by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is why we also pray, every time people are baptised, we pray that they might know his living presence. Not just as a tickle, not just something that's touched them once on December the 
whatever it was, the, the 8th, 2022. And oh, that was a moment. No, I've been plunged into Christ. I am now drenched in him. Christ is in me. The Bible says I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I'm in Christ. It's astonishing. His, his baptism, his death, has become my baptism, my death. I have died to that old way of life. I'm now raised with Christ and I'm seated with him. So baptism is a picture of that death and resurrection and new life that we now have in Christ. So the other thing, just as I come into land, Jack and David, you can be ready in just a moment. Baptism is for believers. Baptism is for believers. I don't want in any way to dismiss or diminish those who've been christened. Uh, That's something that our parents and grandparents and godparents do in faith, in hope that there will be that moment of confirmation. So I don't want to dismiss that. Please hear what I'm not saying. But what we believe is that there is a choice and a decision and we're inviting children and every person to turn to Christ, as John the Baptist, uh, Baptist was. So baptism is for believers. In the Bible, it always follows repentance and faith. Now, remember what we said that Jesus didn't need to be baptised for his sin. He was being baptised to display the good things of God, that he was pleasing the Father and being obedient to Father. It was a picture of submission, but it wasn't for his sins. But for each of us, we are being baptised. There is this bath. Uh, We are being washed. Sometimes we talk about, as it were, metaphorically leaving our sin at the bottom of the baptismal pool at the bottom of the sea, as it were. We're, As it were, we died with Christ, buried with him and raised with him to new life. We're putting our trust in Christ to save us. So baptism doesn't save us. Only Jesus can do that. Baptism doesn't save us. Jesus saves us. But baptism is that declaration. uh, It is that display. Uh, Even I would say baptism is a confession. It's a confession. Doesn't mean, though, that we've got it all sorted. Doesn't mean that everything now is perfect, that we're never going to put a foot wrong. We're not saying that at all. What it does mean is that there has been a new beginning in our lives. There's been a burial, a a spiritual putting to death of the old way of life. There's been a new birth. Sometimes people refer to Christians as born again. I'm now choosing to go God's way. And so whether it's coming out of the steps of a pool like this or whether it's walking back up the beach down at Gurnard or Cowes, it's I'm now walking on in this new life in Christ. I'm choosing to follow Christ and I'm welcoming his presence by the Holy Spirit to live within me, to lead me and guide me and strengthen me. Amen? <clears throat> so baptism is a confession. It's not that we... Uh, I've said to both David and to Jack, I don't want them to necessarily have to tell us all the terrible things that they've done in their lives. But what they're about to do is to tell us something of a story of how God's been at work in their lives. Things have changed. And there is this this confession and this declaration. But also by the very act, as they get baptised on Friday, 
uh, down at the beach. They'll be there. will be friends there, family there, community will be there. And there's a demonstration that I have lived against God. I've, I've walked away from Jesus, but I'm now turning. I'm joining with Jesus. I'm being buried like him, and I'm being raised with him, and I'm walking on with him. So there is a, a, a public confession. So I want to say, you can't baptise yourself on your own. There always needs to be at least one other person there as a witness, because it's a, it's a confession, it's a display. Occasionally, somebody, uh, given the circumstance, might have just one other friend who's there with them, but there'll always be someone else. Because that's the other element, is that we are birthed into God's family, God's people. So, as we come towards a finish today, I'm just going to bring a microphone here. Why don't we, David and Jack, both of you come up here. Let's welcome these guys. Uh, Jack's, Jack's been serving us on the projection this morning, so that's great. Um, I don't know, who, who wants to go first? You get, go on in. So this is, is Dave. Is it working? Hello? Yeah. Oh, he's a tall man, isn't he? I'm a short man. Hang on. There we are. There you go. Right. Okay, so my journey, um, I guess it started five years ago when I lost my wife of 25 years. Uh, she died with MS. She suffered for many years with it, and that obviously plunged me into a, a very, very dark place. Same year, I lost my businesses. It was made bankrupt and had nothing, literally nothing. Couldn't even buy a cup of coffee. Things were that bad. And I ended up in a really, really dark place. Unemployed, no work coming in, um, but luckily I was able to get a job with a company called Southern Housing, and it was working in a homeless hostel. In this homeless hostel, there was a lady by the name of Sammy, very much into Christianity, very much believed in everything, though she was a recovering alcoholic and she was really struggling. Part of my job was to meet with this person every day just to check that they were all right and that everything was okay and that they were just getting on with their life. One day she came into my office, I was the only one there, I was doing the late shift come night shift, and she came up to me and said, David, God's told me I've got to speak to you that you've got a real problem. And I just said, yeah, whatever, go away, <laughs> don't believe it, just not interested, you know, okay, thanks very much. But she came two or three times and said, David, God has told me that I've got to talk to you and I've got to tell you something and you've got to listen to me. So, obviously, there's boundaries when you work in a hostel. You're not supposed to declare too much of yourself to people. And I didn't know whether to tell her about my past or not. But I found myself one day after I'd been working, sat in a cafe in Newport, the Christian cafe, with Sammy. And I told her everything that had happened, the loss of my wife, the loss of my job. And then she said, you really, really do need God. You really do need some help. And I really did need some help. I was in a real dark place. So... She was a member of the True Vine Church in Newport, some of you may know it. She tried to encourage me to go along to it. I wasn't having none of it. It's not happening. Um, but she said, well, look, they do an online service. So I thought, well, okay, I'll have a look. I went online, and I started going online every Sunday that I could, listening to the service. And it was, it was okay, and I think it sort of stirred things in me. Through the True Vine, I met another church called the City Life Church in Portsmouth. And they happened to be running an alpha course. 
So I didn't know what an alpha course was, didn't have a clue. But Sammy said, you need to get on it. It's going to do you a lot of good. Get on this course. So I did. I signed up. It was an online course. COVID had kicked in at this time, so we couldn't go to church or meet anybody. And I did the course for, with a chap called Josiah, and he took me through this course. And through this course, I met other people that were on the course, um, and they started talking to me, giving me their phone numbers and saying, look, if you need help, if you want anything, come, you know, just phone us up, text us, whatever. And there happened to be a particular lady on the course called Julie, would you believe? <laughs> <laughs> and she was really great. She said, look, I can see you're suffering. You're really having a difficult time. Here's my telephone number. Here's my email. If you want to speak to me, then do. So I did. I started texting her and started speaking to her. And um, we sort of grew a bit of a friendship. And then she invited me over for a weekend. So I went over to, for the weekend. We got on really well. And lo and behold, we're getting married in September. So <laughs> it's uh, been, been a journey. And through Julie, she really got me back into the church, or into the church, really, for my first time, seriously. I mean, I can remember bringing her here, dropping her off, refusing to come inside, coming back, picking her up, we coming used to back. See you. We used to see you up the hill. on the car, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't come in. And then I broke the ice by going into having a cup of tea, met Simon. He said, welcomed me. And then I met a lot of other people, and, and other people have done a lot for me. And I guess things have changed very much for me in, in the last year, six months to a year, definitely. Things have happened to me that I can't deny that are things of God, I guess. And here I am now, waiting to be baptised on Friday. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's my journey. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We will ask you again on Friday, but Dave, I know you've been on a, a journey and you've given Ashley and I the right run around with some of your questions. Um, this, is, this is a man who has serious questions, and they, but that's been brilliant. And you've been very real about those. But would you say that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Absolutely. And yeah. do you believe he died for you? I do believe he died for me. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. He's been and then, doing things in my life that yeah. I never ever thought would ever happen. There you go. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is this is Jack. Welcome to Jack. Thank you, Mark. Um, my name is Jack, and um, I firstly want to say thank you. Um, thank you to everyone in this church. Um, thank you to my mum, my brother that sat there and um, the people that have been praying behind the scenes, especially Ashley and Paul at the back there, Mark, Greg, everyone else at this congregation, because um, they welcome me on board. And um, it's interesting listening to David, because our paths crossed, actually, um, after David's wife passed. Uh, we had the shopping cows, and I didn't know that at the time, and you asked me to put together a short video for your wife, um, which I did. And uh, when I saw you come into here, uh, to this church, I was a bit like, I couldn't believe that it was someone from my past, you know. And I did have a bit of a checkered past. Um, I was born on the island, I won't go into too much detail about that, but I was born on the Isle of Wight, and I went to the Baptist church in Cowes up until about the age of 11. Uh, my grandmother used to go there, so I used to go to Sunday school at the Baptist church. And um, I moved up to Scotland when I was 11 years old with the family, and um, I started kind of drinking at the age of about 16 years old, started drinking alcohol, and uh, that progressed until I lived in London for about 16 years, and uh, I kind of lost my way a lot when I was in London, and um, I started taking things that weren't too good for me, I'll just put it like that. And uh, that continued for quite a number of years, but the, from the age of about 16 years old to the age of about 39, 
Uh, four weeks was about the total amount of time that I was abstinent from alcohol or anything else. You know, I tried to kind of give up several times, realizing that um, my life was pretty much going da downhill. And uh, I got to a point, my rock bottom was after my father died of alcoholism. He was 64 years old. Uh, and then my grandfather passed away, our surrogate grandfather passed away, and then my grandmother passed away. And um, the night of my grandmother's funeral, I took an obscene amount of substances, and um, I'd met someone that was a Christian, and this person I was talking to kept on talking about God. And half the time I was like, oh, shush, I was just like, you know, just, I don't want to hear about it, just like, shush. But they kept on talking about God, like, every single time, and, 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 the, and the seed was planted. So I was a bit kind of intrigued, and um, it was as if God was speaking through this person occasionally. And uh, I said, do you know, I've had enough of this lifestyle. And this person just looked me dead in the eye and said, just ask God to remove it. And I was like, just ask God to remove, like, addiction. And they were like, yeah, just ask God. Like, just absolutely, that was, like, the thing to do. So, um, and they were speaking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, they'd gone on a Christian camp, and they said, you know, uh, you can get a visit from the Holy Spirit. And I was like, can I get one, like, now? Like, what's it like, you know? <laughs> and this person was like, oh, it was like a thumb on me, and I couldn't get up. And I was like, can, can I have one, like, a visit now? And they were like, no, the doctor's the one to do it. And I just was a bit taken aback because the only doctor that I knew was Margarita, who was a client of mine. I built her website for her. And I was in a really pitiful state. And um, to cut a long story short, I went up to the back gates of Margarita's house. And uh, I was in an absolute state. And um, I said, please, please, will you pray for me? And Margarita got Gracie, um, who is um, like the au pair of the house, and an amazing lady. And um, I was sat down in the conservatory, and they, they started praying. And, and part of the prayer was, come, Holy Spirit, break this heart of stone, make it a heart of flesh. And my eyes were closed. And it was if electricity was running through my body. My whole body started convulsing. My whole body started shaking. And it was as if something had, like, punched my heart. And I opened up my eyes, and initially I was a bit like, you know, I, I didn't know what had happened. And Gracie was just absolutely cool as a cucumber. Margarita looked a little bit frightened. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and Gracie just said, don't worry, the Holy Spirit will be guiding you now. And I was like, how will I know which way to go? And um, she just said, don't worry, you'll know. And my brother came to pick me up in the car, and I spent um, three nights at my brother's place. He was looking after me. And um, then I was put in front of a computer screen and said, this is a 12-step fellowship, and I started working through a 12-step fellowship. And uh, as part of that journey, uh, I was able to kind of peel back lots of layers of the onion because of all the, like, the guilt and the shame and all of those things that are kind of built up to me. And um, it's been a journey. It's been quite the journey. Um, one of the things that I, I've realized, you know, I, I didn't wake up just over two years. It's been two years and three months, by the way, since that happened, and I've not touched a drop of alcohol. I've not smoked a single cigarette. Um, you know, thank you. I, I've, 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 you know, not had the desire to use any of the substances that I was addicted to, and um, that's been two years and three months. And, and that journey has allowed me to kind of really get in touch with the God of my understanding, who is Jesus Christ. You know, because I wanted to know more about that power, the power that shook me physically and set me free from the chains of addiction. I wanted to tap into that power because that is the only thing that has been able to keep me abstinent from substances for that amount of time. One thing I've learned from the people in this church is that God knows our hearts. You know, I wasn't born, um, you know, a terrible person, an evil person. I just got completely lost. 
and um, from Ashley, you know, the, the walks that we go on, and Ashley's been instrumental in terms of educating me, as well as Paul Rass. Um, I just want to thank them both for all the knowledge that's been imparted, because two years and three months ago, you know, I didn't wake up in the morning and be like, I'm going to say hello to Jesus and start saying, like, hello to God. I would have said, you're absolutely on drugs. I'd have been like, you know, if someone had told me that, but every morning I wake up and I just say, good morning to God, and I say, good morning, thank you. Um, the gratitude um, that I have and what I've learnt, um, you know, if you look at the Bible, there are certain people in the Bible. Um, Joseph was abused. Job went bankrupt. Noah was a drunk. Rahab was a person that slept with them. Um, <laughs> I won't end that because children here. Uh, Jonah ran from God. David was a murderer and an adulterer, and Peter denied Christ three times, and Paul persecuted Christians before coming one. So if you think that you aren't worthy, yes. just remember that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in each and every single one of us. Lives in each and every single one of us. So if, um, if God can save me by the grace of God, there's hope for other people. Um, one thing that Jesus did, you know, kind of Christians, they're a little bit nutty, in my opinion. Um, you know, when Jesus was talking to the adulterous woman, for example, and everyone was going to, like, stone the adulterous woman because of her sins, what did Jesus do? He bent down and started writing in the sand. Now, isn't that a bit crazy? You know, you're kind of like, what's going on here? Everyone's picking up these rocks, and Jesus gets down and starts doing this, like, on the sand. And he said, you know, ye who have not sinned, let them be the first one to cast a stone, and no one could. Each and every single one of us has sinned, you know. But one thing he did say to the lady was, now sin no more. <laughs> and that's something that I've learnt. I'm not going to go back to my old ways, because my old ways was about 100 times hotter than Barbados, was the final destination. And, and God showed me very clearly that. And um, I just want to end, because I'm a bit wary of time, but one thing I've learnt that's true is that I believe that service is our rent for being on earth. And when I choose to serve other people selflessly, that feeling I get is better than any drug that I've ever taken in my life. When I'm not serving other people and I'm serving myself, I'm not serving God. And I've learnt that the power to be free in life is forgiveness and not to judge others. Because when I start judging other people, I'm basically saying that God doesn't know how to do his job properly. You know? And I don't want to be the person to say that God can't do his job properly. You know? Um, and it's work in progress. Mm. It's work in progress. You know, why I want to get baptized is because I want to give publicly my life to the same power that made me give up my addiction. And I want to publicly declare that Jesus Christ is that power that made me do that. Mm. Um, I was told by Margarita, you know, what's it like when you get baptized? And she said, upgrade. I was a bit like, who, do, who doesn't want an upgrade? I was a bit like, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. So I'm going, to go, I'm going into this blind. But what I do know is that what I've heard, you know, if it's good enough for Jesus, the Son of God, it's good enough for me. So um, I'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Wonderful. I, I always love baptism stories. I, I, every time, I do. And uh, 
I just want to say, and I know Jack knows this very much, this, I know something about serving is something that he's really, he's got there. And uh, the one thing that I want to say is it's the grace of God. What these guys have been talking about is God's grace comes to us. It's undeserved. You, did you hear both of them? They're, they're, they're saying, I didn't even want it. I don't want to. No, thank you. Go away. And yet coming to that place where acknowledgement, I'm, I can't do this. I'm empty. And in the grace of God, he brings believers alongside. They're not perfect people. Marguerite, I'm sure, wouldn't call herself perfect. That lady, Sammy, would certainly, by all accounts, didn't have a perfect life. But they say, God is the answer. And it's the grace of God. And so, even, Jesus came to save and to serve that which was lost. And he came to serve us. He laid down his life. But we don't earn that salvation by our service. What we do is we respond in lives given over to him because of what he gave to us. Because he died, the perfect son of God died for us. So we then want to give our lives and that's how we then live. And that, that truth is something that we need to get right way around. Because I know that I was in a church situation that was all about serving in order that I'd get right with God. And the trouble was that the more I served, I just didn't seem to get right with God. And it wasn't until I surrendered and I recognised that I needed to be baptised as that picture of that surrender that my life then began to change quite dramatically from, from then on. Can I invite you to stand? We're going to finish. Well done, guys. Look at these pictures down here. Really, really good. Just make sure you show... Mums and dads, grandparents, show people your pictures and show them your, your portrait of yourself. That would be great. I just, just really feel, even as we've heard from these guys this morning, maybe there's someone here and you would say today two things. One, do you know what? I've been looking on and observing, but I'm not yet a follower of Christ. But he's inviting me. I know he's inviting me to follow him. I just want to pray a simple prayer in just a moment that you can pray. But it may also be that some of you have been thinking about baptism and you've said, do you know what? Actually, everything I've heard today, I know I need to be baptised for all the reasons that I've heard. Now, it may be you're nervous. It may be you're worried about that. You don't have to be baptised in the sea. You could be baptised in here in a hot, hot pool if you want. <laughs> But I want to say to you, don't put off obedient steps towards Christ. Don't put off being obedient to the Father who loves you, who gave his Son for you. And so I just simply will say a prayer that you can say quietly in your own heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what I've heard today. I now want to give my life to you. I want to ask that you would come into my life, forgive me of my sin, and fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might walk on in your power from today onwards. Because I'm asking it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. And Lord... For anyone who may be considering
that public witness, that public declaration. I pray that you'd be with them. I pray for your grace and your strength to rest upon them. I just want to invite any of you that might feel that way, say, yeah, I want to talk more about baptism. I want to find out about it. I'd like to be baptized. Please speak to myself or Ashley, someone that you know and trust. Father, I thank you for being with us as family today. I thank you for speaking to us. Lord, we're going to pray for these guys as they walk up to baptism on Friday. Pray you'd protect them, place a guard around them and their families. I pray for friends and family that are being invited along on Friday. Lord, we dare to ask you, may there be others who choose to follow you as a result of their witness. Father, we pray. We pray for good conversations to be had with friends and family uh, as we gather together. But Lord, right now today, I pray your blessing upon each one. Lord, may we go on in you, recognising that we have died with you, but we have also been raised with you by the power of God and that your power and your presence goes with us. So I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.